Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. If you have your Bible, if you turn to Genesis chapter 50, and that's going to be found on page 32, Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 18, page 32. We're going to be reading the story of Joseph today, or some of it. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right, let's. Genesis chapter 15, verse number 18, it says this His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for what, everybody? Good, good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Would you do me a favor? Would you just hold your hands out like this? And would you pray this prayer out loud with me? Let's just bow our heads and pray it. Dear God. I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, everybody. God bless you. you may be seated. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, a hard copy of the Bible in your home, please take the one with you. Take the hard copy. We want everybody to have a hard copy of the Bible in their home. We just had a wonderful 8.30 service. I'm so excited about this one. I know that God is going to do something great in your lives. I really was thinking about you about 4.30 this morning. Aren't you glad I didn't call? (laughs) Some of you are. We began a series last week talking about forgiveness. And this is such a powerful subject. We discovered last week that forgiveness is not forgetting. If I could forget, I would not need to forgive. Amen, everybody? We decided that forgiveness is not a one-time shot. It ain't like, it's not like, okay, I forgave that person on October such and such date of, of whatever year. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is an everyday process. Because... You may have told them that you forgave them on that day, but the thought of what they did to you comes back up, doesn't it? Come on, somebody. And so because it comes back up, you have to choose to forgive again. And so what is forgiveness? So the forgiveness of the definition that we have is this, is that forgiveness is choosing to release the feelings of hurt and anger and resentment. Every time you have that thought, you say, I'm going to release it because it's going to come, right, everybody? You can't help it. The devil is going to make sure that every time that you start doing good in, in, in your mental space especially, he's going to make sure you have those thoughts again to take you back down. But today we decide that we're going to forgive. And that means that we're going to choose to release those feelings of hurt, anger, resentment, whenever they come. That's forgiveness, everybody. That's what forgiveness is. I'm not holding on to that. So today we're going to talk about how to forgive others. Boy, sure it's quiet in this room. 
You're like, well, I don't need that. Oh, yes, you do. We're going to start, we're going to start where it gets real at. You know, the people that we, need to forgive, that we need to forgive the most are the ones that were in our own home. Family, right, everybody? 90% of the hurts that you have that you're going to carry, that you're going to have to forgive over and over, happened with, among family. And that's why today we're going to start with the story of Joseph because it's all about a family dynamic that went bad. So in my book, Forgiveness, uh, Forgiveness, How to Forgive What You Can't Forget, I hope you've got a copy of it. I'm giving you a copy, but I'd love for you to buy 10 copies and give them to people that you know because everybody struggles. And this book is so practical. It's so practical, so simple to read. Uh, so in the, in the book, I went through the whole story of Joseph, but I want to highlight it today. And by the way, next week, we're going to talk about how to forgive yourself. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about how to forgive God. Somebody said, that doesn't even sound right. No, it doesn't sound right, but it's right. We have to figure out this out. I'm going to talk to you about it, so you got to hang with me. Joseph. Joseph was a, was a young man that was born into a family. He had 12 brothers. He was one of the youngers of brothers, and, and there become this sibling rivalry to where the older brothers thought that Joseph was getting this special treatment. And so they just didn't like him. Matter of fact, couldn't stand him. And so one day, his brothers went on a hunting trip, and his dad sent Joseph to go after them to help them take them, take them something. And, and Joseph caught up with them, and he was about uh, 17 years old at this time. And so they just decided that, you know, we're going to get rid of this punk right now. Long story short, they began to, there was this caravan of people that were going into Egypt and they sold Joseph to that caravan of people. And they sold it. I mean, like, hey, give me $10. You can have him. There's been times I felt like that with some of my siblings. Hey, <laughs> you keep the $10. You just take them. <laughs> they did it. They sold the joke. I mean, sold him. They, they, and they, and they, killed, they killed an animal, put blood on Joseph's coat, took it back to his father and said, listen, he, an animal devoured him and killed him. He's gone. He's no longer here. And nobody ever broke the truth. And so Joseph now, so he, he's been sold. Now that caravan goes into Egypt and they put him on the auction block there to be sold again. And he's sold again and, and he becomes a slave of a guy by the name of Potiphar, who is a, a ruler in Egypt. And, and, and Potiphar, you know, Joseph brings Joseph into his house and, and Joseph begins to do all this work and God's blessing everything that he's doing. It is awesome. And so one day Potiphar has to go out of town and jo uh, Potiphar's wife, we're going to call her Hotifer because <laughs> she had the hots for Joseph. And so when her husband went out of town, she got her room all ready. She got all spiced up, you know, got it smelling good and, and sent everybody out and asked, made Joseph come in. That was her slave. She said, you got to come in. And so Joseph went in and he seen what was going on. He's like, ma'am, no, no, I can't do this to God or my master. She said, yes, sir, you're going to come here to me. <laughs> and so she grabbed him. And when she did, Joseph taught us all a lesson about sexual temptation. You don't have time to pray about it. You just got to run. Right. Amen, everybody. Amen. Don't say, oh, I'm praying, about, I'm, I'm praying about my porn. No, no, no. You run from it. Amen. Amen. So she grabbed his jacket again. There's that jacket again. <laughs> grabbed his jacket and he come out of it. And she yelled and screamed and said, he tried to rape me. And when Potiphar come back, Potiphar told him the lie. Sure enough, 
He has Joseph thrown into jail. Joseph serves 12 years in prison. Why he's in prison? There, uh, in this hard prison, these two guys have a dream, and Joseph, they tell Joseph, and God gives Joseph the ability to interpret their dreams. And then, then a few years later, one of the guys that got released actually went back to work for the, for the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He'd be like the president of Egypt, the Pharaoh. And he had a dream, and, and nobody could interpret it. And the guy said, hey, I remember a guy in jail that interpreted my dream. And sure enough, Joseph come interpreted the guy's dream, and before you know it, the next day he was second in command in Egypt. Joseph was. He went from the prison to the palace. Isn't that amazing, everybody? And then guess what? So the dream was that, hey, there's going to be this great famine. So Joseph said, we got to store all this food up. And they stored all the food up. And because they stored that food, they kept people from starving to death, including Joseph's own family who would come back and have to buy food. And we'll talk about that just in a few minutes. So I want to give you three things from Joseph's life. And let me tell you something. Today is your day. Today's a day that I think that you're going to get free and you're going to learn how to forgive that other person. So I want to give you three things. And here we go. So how to forgive others. Number one is this, is that we find from Joseph's story is remember God is with me. Remember God is with me. Look what the Bible says. It says, Joseph's ma master, talking about Potiphar, took him and put him in prison. But while Joseph was there in prison, would you read these next five words with me? The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. I want everybody in this room to know that. And everybody that's online right now, I want you to know that the Lord is with you. Amen, everybody? Amen. He goes on and says this. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Joseph, God was with Joseph no matter what he was going through. And I just want you to know he's with you. Look what the next verse says. In Hebrews uh, 13, 5 and 6, I love this verse. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said, what did he say, everybody? Let's read it. Never will I forsake you. Or never, I messed that up. Let's try it again. <laughs> never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with what? Amen. What do we say, everybody? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Yes. And I like that last part. It says, what can mere people do to me? Amen. I just want to talk to somebody right now. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what prison you've been in. Maybe you've not been a physical prison, but because of what somebody's done to you, you've been in prison. You've been a POW, everybody, prisoner of war that you've been in with a family member or a friend, and you have this unforgiveness that you're struggling with today. I want you to know that God has never left you nor forsaken you. He has been with you. When you was going through it, he was there with you. It broke his heart that it happened to you, but he was there with you. I want you to know no matter where you go that God is always with you and he's never left you when you felt like you was all by yourself you was isolated and all alone I want you to know that God was there with you amen he never left you and you may feel right now he's a million miles from you but I want you to know he's right here oh I gotta calm down a little bit I can hear you right calm down pastor I'm trying to but I know where I'm going you don't so let me take you there. The one question I want to ask you before we move on is, who is your helper? Who's helping you? The Lord was with Joseph. Do you want the Lord to be with you? The only way the Lord is with you 
is that you ask him to go with you. He doesn't just go by himself. He asked, you have to ask him. And how do you do that? You ask him to come into your life and live with you. Because he, when you, once you invite him in to live with you, he goes with you everywhere. He sees all, but he's not with you all the time if you don't invite him in. Watch this. See, I just blew on my hand and you didn't see anything, but I felt it. And that's exactly the way God's spirit is. You can't see it, but you can experience it. Amen, everybody? And that's why I challenge you today, if you're not a Christ follower, we're going to stop right here, right now, because I don't want you to take another step today without the Lord being with you. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pray this prayer last week. Last week, over 60 people prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower. Can you say praise God for that, everybody? Hallelujah! We're going to pray it today. And those of you that are in this room and those of you that are watching online, we want you to have God's Spirit with you. So we're going to pray this prayer together. And if you're here and you want to pray it to ask God to save you, you can say it out loud or you can say it internally. It doesn't matter. He'll hear you. But we all going to say it to support you. So would you all say this with me? Bow your heads and say this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I'm asking you to save me, forgive me, cleanse me, and lead my life. I give myself to you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer? Those of you that prayed that prayer today and you meant it and you asked Christ into your life, then just check the boxes. I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to send you something in the mail. Those of you online, check your digital card. That's your first step, everybody. You say, well, what's my second step? I'll tell you what your second step is. Is that pool right over there. It's called a baptismal pool. We're going to fill it up next week with water. We'd like to fill it up with people. Because let me tell you something, there's something in that water. And Jesus said that you should be baptized. Why don't you just check that card and go ahead and get baptized and watch what God will do. Amen, everybody? Okay, so we're going to give our four words that I forgot to tell you, or three words I forgot to tell you in the beginning. And this is what we're saying throughout this whole series. And it is this, it says, I choose forgiveness. Would you say that with me, everybody? I choose forgiveness. That means I'm choosing to let go of the resentment and the hurt and the pain every time I think about it, I'm choosing to let it go. Number two is this. The second thing I would like to tell you is this. That we learned from Joseph is release the people who hurt me. Oh, you got to let them go. Oh boy, here we go. It's going to get real now. Look what the Bible says Joseph said. In Genesis 41, 51, Joseph named his firstborn Manassas and said, it is because God has made me forget all my what, everybody? And all my father's household. Now, that sounds a little cold, doesn't it? Joseph never forgot his family. What he was saying was, I forgot the hurt. I choose to release it. I choose to release the hurt that they caused me. I choose to forgive them by releasing the anger and the hurt that I had against them. And that's what I want to challenge you to do. And I know it's hard, so I want to give you three things today. Three ways to release the people who hurt me. Are you ready, everybody? 
Oh, oh wait a minute, let's just ask you something. Anybody struggle with this besides me? Let me just see if there's anybody in this room. Okay, yeah, there's about 35, 40, 50 of us that are honest. The rest of you are liars. <laughs> Amen, everybody. We all need this. I'm going to give you three things, and they're so powerful. Letter A is this. Share the hurt with a person you can trust. I can trust. Share the hurt with a person I can trust. In other words, until you get it out, it will stay within. You got to get it out. How many of you have ever, ever had a splinter in your hand? Let me see your hand. If you've ever had a splinter, okay, great. So you know. What happens when that thing stays in your hand? That little bitty splinter and stays in your hand a long time. What happens, everybody? Gets infected, right? And then it really hurts. You can't even, man, if somebody touches your finger, it's like, oh, don't do that. And let me just tell you this. You ever had a splinter like in your hand that you couldn't, you know, you just couldn't do it. You couldn't get it out. It's just located. You could like, you know, I'm, I'm right-handed, so I could, my left hand, I can't hardly get it out. And I made a mistake in one day telling Rhonda, hey, I need you to get this splinter out of my hand. Because Rhonda put my hand in, I would say a headlock, but it was an arm lock. She's got me behind her. She's got my hand around in front of her like this, locked it in. And she starts digging. And I'm saying, hey, take it easy. I think she felt like her calling was to be a surgeon or something. And she's digging on my hand. I'm like, hey, that needle doesn't need to go all the way through my hand. (laughs) Dig it out. And you know why? Because if I don't get it out, it's going to fester up. And some of you are infected. And see, it's a a low-grade infection. It's not one so bad that you can't function. But it's very painful when certain spots get touched. And that's why every time your life starts going up, you think I'm getting a little better, then all of a sudden something touches that spot. And all of a sudden those thoughts come back and that anger comes rushing in. And it pulls you right back down. But today, Jesus Christ is going to be the antibiotics, going to get rid of that stuff. Amen, everybody. I'm trying to keep it under control. That's all I'm trying to do right now. You see, you've got to get it out. Some people said, you know what, man, my stomach has said, oh, my stomach's messed up. Well, let me tell you something. It's not what you're eating that's messing your stomach up. It's what's eating you. Okay, that's all right. See, because you've got to get it out because revealing your feelings is the beginning of your healing. And as long as you keep it in and you don't ever tell nobody, then it's poison eating you up. You've got to get it out, just like that splinter. Letter B is this. Oh, let me just say this too. By the way, you say, well, I don't have anybody, any trusted friend. Well, maybe that's why you ought to go to group. You might make a friend. You know, you need a friend. You, never, you, you need a friend. You need to be able to phone a friend. If you don't have a friend, you can't phone a friend. I'm not talking about your Facebook friends unfriend me I unfriend you <laughs> right everybody those aren't those a lot of those aren't real friends okay let's move on Jeff I want to encourage you to go to groups show up to groups if you've signed up show up letter B is this is let go of the desire to get even mm, preach pastor okay I will 
Let me tell you something else about Rhonda that you don't know. And don't you tell her I told you this. You know, m most ladies, you think, like, when it comes to watching movies, they're like this uh, Hallmark. Touch, oh, lovety-dovety. Not Rhonda. No, sir. She's a shoot them up, bang, 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 bang them down. She's action, baby. Mission Impossible. That, she's all in. Oh, the movie Taken? Oh, wow. we've watched every one of them. I can't remember the man's name, Lehman or Lyman or what? Neeson, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dwayne, the rock. Oh, yeah, watch them. Bam, go get them. All these people, you know, that just got, you know, what it is is all these, you know, something, somebody did something bad to them and they spend the whole movie going get even. She's all in with that. Yeah, get them. That poor sweet little lady you see up here singing. No, no, uh, veins are popping out. Get them, get them. <laughs> you know why? Because we all feel that way, don't we? When we see somebody mistreated and they've done bad, we want to watch somebody go get them. And that's our nature, isn't it? Because that's what your parents told you. They hit you. That's right. My little sweet mother-in-law, I told you this before. She's so sweet. She's the nicest person I ever met in my life. But my son was about two years old, went home. And he, uh, we went to visit him and he had been bitten. A child had bit him and had teeth prints in his arm. And she took my little old son, that sweet little old lady, set him down. She said, Tyler, I want you to know something. If somebody ever bites you, you bite him back. Lock on. Get, get a chunk out of him. Woo, that's a mean woman right there. I didn't see that coming. It's our nature, isn't it? And so when somebody hurts you, we don't want to let it go. It's been 10 years ago, but we're still waiting on our moment. We've been planning, baby. It's been 10 years. You forgot about it, but I hadn't. We're going to get you. That's exactly what's in us. Amen, everybody? See, I just want you to know that you need to live. But the Bible says this in Proverbs 24 and 29. Don't say I'll do to them just, as, just what they did to me. I'll get even with them. Would somebody take that out of the Bible? Because I don't want to live it. Do you? But guess what? If I don't live it, guess what? I'm going to stay infected. I'm going to have that little sore spot all the time. It's going to hurt me. We got to let go of that attitude. Rhonda and I have been married 36 years. You say, how do you do that? We've, we've had to do a lot of forgiving. Did you hear that, everybody? A lot of forgiving. Because, see, people don't get divorced over the big things. It's little things. Those little things, those little infections just start growing, don't they? And all of a sudden, you've got a big deal. Do a lot of forgiving. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something. Forgiveness sets you free from your past. You will never be free from your past until you forgive. My friend Brandon Keller says this, you know what? It's okay to have a past, just don't let it have you. And as long as you hold it on to what they did to you, it still got you. Amen, everybody? I know I'm preaching better than you're amening. Letter C, here we go. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones right here. Change the channel. Change the channel. Oh, dear God, help me, Holy Spirit. See, the problem I have is, like I say, I forgave them, and I let it go. But then, sometimes out of nowhere, it could be, it could be one week, one month, one year, 
five years, and I'm just driving down the road in my car, and all of a sudden I have that memory of what they've done. Then all those emotions and feelings come by the anger comes right back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, that's the devil. He's going to make sure. That's why we said that forgiveness is not a one-time shot. You have to forgive whenever that comes up. You've got to choose to let it go. But sometimes I say, okay, I'm letting it go. I ain't going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm not going to think about it anymore. And the more I say I'm not going to think about it, the more I think about it. And that matter I get. How about you? And then I can start planning something. Don't you laugh at me. You too. But the Bible says this. Look what he says. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what, everybody? Divine, Divine power to demolish strongholds. And that's what a unforgiveness becomes. It becomes a stronghold. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take what, everybody? Captive. What do we take captive? Every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So how am I going to get my mind off of that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. We're going to change the channel. I wrote this in your program because I didn't want you to forget it. Here it is. This is what changing the channel is. It's choosing to remember what God has done for me instead of thinking about what you've done to me. Another, yeah, I have to. This is the spiritual victory right here, everybody. When that thought pops in your mind and you can't get it out of your mind, you say, God, I forgive my truth, release the feelings, but you're still, still there. What do you do? When that thought comes to that hurt that they've done to you, you start thanking God for what he's done to you. You say, God, I just want to say thank you for the shoes I have on my feet today. You provided those shoes for me. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the clothes on my, on my back, oh God. You gave them to me. Oh, Lord, I'm driving in this car right now. Thank you that you provided the gasoline for this car. You gave me this car, oh God. Thank you so much, oh God. Thank you for the roof over my head, God. You provided I did that for me, oh God. Thank you for the air that I'm breathing right now. You gave it to me, oh God. This day that I'm living, you gave it to me. God, you've been so good to me. I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, everybody. And let me tell you, when you, when you allow that hurt to trigger praise to God, the devil will stop making sure that you have that trigger. Amen. He doesn't want you praising God. So you change the channel. God's been so good. Amen, everybody. And if you'll try that and you'll do it. See, I can't make you do it. I can just give you opportunities to know how to do it. And it's the secret that gets you through. You let your hurt turn to praise, and all of a sudden, the hurt begins to go away. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. So today, on your connection card, let's just make a decision. I will make the choice to release the person who hurt me. Why don't you check that box? You say, Pastor, it's hard. I don't know if I can. I say, just make the choice. I'm going to do it, and God will help you do it. We're going to pray for you. Number three is this. The third thing is this. Realize God is at work even in the bad times. Remember our three words we're saying, I'm choosing forgiveness. What are we saying, everybody? I'm choosing forgiveness. 
Choose forgiveness. I choose forgiveness. Here we go. Joseph now is, his brothers have made it in. They got to buy food and Joseph has got to look them eye to eye and all that hurt and emotions are coming back. But Joseph is choosing, I choose forgiveness. I'm releasing that. And this is what he says to his brothers. You intended to harm me, but God intended for what, everybody? Good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Saving of many lives. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the what, everybody? Good. Of those who love him. He didn't work everything for good for everybody. It's those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. I want to share this story with you. There's a guy, a story I come across by the name, a guy by the name of Louis Zampernini. He was actually a, an American athlete that went to the Olympics in 1940. But then World War II broke out. And he, began, he signed up and he, he enlisted. And as he enlisted, he became a part of the Army Air Force. Back then, it wasn't called the Air Force in the early 40s. He became that fighting fleet. And his, guy, his job was he was on a plane and he was a gunman in that plane. And on one of his missions, his plane went down into the ocean. Only he and two others survived. And for 47 days, they survived at sea until finally that little raft they was on made its way to a little island. And they finally thought after fighting sharks and everything else and starvation, they finally said, we're free. But when they went up on that island, they were met by the Japanese who took them into custody. They put them in a a prison, a POW, prison war camp. And they found out who Lewis was, that he was an athlete, and they were determined to break him. As he was in this pre-POW camp, there was a guy named that was a, like the head chief warden, is what we would call him in a jail. He had this big belt buckle. The Japanese guy had a big belt buckle. It was over six inches wide and about five, uh, six inches long and about five inches wide. And every day he'd walk by that cell. When he'd see Lewis, he'd, he'd pull him out of there. He'd take that belt and he'd wrap that belt around and he'd just beat him with that buckle till blood flowed out of his skull. And he'd beat him so bad till he just fell to the ground. And he did that day after day after day. And finally the war ended. And Lewis was sent back home to America. He come back home to America. But he didn't come back home by himself. He come back home with all that anger. And all of that resentment. Because every day that he was home, he was planning how he was going to go back and find that guy named the bird. And he was going to kill him. Every day. He'd wake up at night with sweat, with a, dreaming the dreams. He would wake up, nightmares of what he was doing to him. He'd scream because in his dream that guy was beating him again. And the only thing that he could ever do to help him sleep was he got him a bottle of liquor. And he'd drink until he'd just pass out because he couldn't stand it. 
His drinking got worse and worse and his wife couldn't tolerate it anymore. And she said, I'm leaving you. And one of his, her, his wife's friends invited her back then to one of Billy Graham's first crusades in Los Angeles. And the wife went and she heard the message of God's saving power. And she gave her life to Christ. So she went and she found Lewis because he'd been drinking and been out all night partying and stuff. And she went and found him and said, I want you to go to church with me. And he said, I don't want to go. She said, I'm just asking, will you just go? And he thought, that's the least I can do, all the trouble I've caused her. And sitting in that seat, that stadium, he said he couldn't stand it. He heard Billy Graham preaching and he, he was like so many people that come in here saying, oh, that's not for me. I wish that guy would shut up. And that night he walked out the door. And his wife said, what are you doing? He said, I don't ever want to go back. I don't want to hear that man again. But she begged him again, please go back with me one more time. Just to satisfy her, he went back. And when he went back, so full of anger about he was thinking in the beginning, he said he was thinking about how he was going to kill that guy, Bird, and all those people that mistreated him. And at the end of his message, Billy Graham had talked about forgiveness and said, God could take this from you. And that man, he said, I got out of my seat. I don't know what got me, but I got out of my seat and I walked all the way down to the front of what called the altar. And there, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I gave him the bird and everybody else. Okay, when I said the bird, everybody's like, no, no. He didn't flip him off. So I gave it to him. And he said, that night when I come home, it was the first night I'd, since I'd been home from the war that I slept without a nightmare. My nightmares went away when I released all that poison inside of me. He went back to Japan but he didn't go there to kill anybody. He went there to save them. And he told them about Jesus Christ, all those wardens who had mistreated him and everything else. He found a lot of them. And he told them about Jesus Christ. Because many of them had been arrested because serving war crimes. And he got to preach to them. I'd like for everyone to stand with me at this time, if you don't mind. What I want to tell you is this is that many of you are carrying some of that poison. I know, I know what unforgiveness is like. I know what it is to carry it. I know what it is to, to be angry and not know why. And today, I just want to tell you that the fact that you're here and you're admitting that, hey, I want to release this. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to do something inside of you today. And he's going to change and he's going to help you put these things that we've talked about into practice today. So I want to pray for you. Father, today, Lord, we're releasing parents today. Those parents, oh God, that hurt, that were supposed to help, we release them. We release those brothers and sisters today, oh God, that were supposed to help, but they hurt. Lord, we release those uncles and those aunts. God, the ones that were supposed to help but hurt. Lord, we release, oh Lord, those teachers, those coaches, 
Lord, we release those pastors, oh God, they were supposed to help. And they hurt. Lord, we release, we release those co-workers, oh God, that employer, those employees. Today, God, we release them. Lord, the ones that have caused the pain, we make the decision today that we release them. And today we declare that in the name of Jesus, we receive your cleansing power, your healing power. And God, today, the infection, we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to remove it. And God, whenever the devil brings us back to our mind, we remind him that we release those feelings of anger and hurt. And, and that we remind him that you're God. And we begin to think about what you have done for us, oh God, instead of what everybody's done to us. And we know that greater is he than us than he that's in the world. And Lord, we know that we will overcome by the power of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So today we declare that we're going to leave this place. We're not going to be, Lord, we're not going to be held down anymore, but we're going to be free in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you say with me, everybody in the building, in Jesus' name I am free. Let's say it. In Jesus' name, I am free. Let's say it again. In Jesus' name, I am free. One more time. In Jesus' name, I am free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.